welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 14 as obedient children not fashioning yourselves according to the former last in your ignorance but as he which called you is holy so be holy in all manner of conversation because it is written be holy for i am holy and if ye call on the father who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work pass the time of your sojourning here in fear for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as gold and as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but now but was manifested in these last times for you who by him do believe in God who raised that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God amen thank you Jesus in our last teaching I spoke about the purpose there is a purpose there is an agenda there is a plan there is a divine intention and expectation towards us after we have been made children of God. God has his own plan and there is a purpose and it is necessary to live based on that purpose because what the devil does is the enemy will always try to hold us back from living according to God's purpose. The enemy will always try to hold us back. So when you read the text, when you look at the text very carefully, it speaks about how uh, we should live holy as obedient children. And it says that, why should you live holy? This is very important. Now, it's interesting he tells us the reason to live holy after telling us to live holy. So he told us, live holy. Then he tells us the agenda behind our living holy. Why you can live a holy life why you can and should live a holy life. He said, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed. So that means you have been redeemed. Hmm. All right, that's an interesting one. He's talking to a redeemed person, the redeemed community, and he says that live a holy life. And um, live a holy life and call on God who is without, without persons, um, you know, and so as you sojourn in your sojourning here on earth in fear. Leave a certain life. Why? For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. So, first of all, there are a few things packed in here. Number one is our redemption. But before I do that, let me read from the New American Standard Version. Knowing that, verse 18, knowing that ye were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold, from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers. So it was a futile way of life. Futile. King James uses vain. Vain conversation. 
this one say futile way of life. Don't forget, you know, we spoke about be holy in your manner of conversation, in your way of life. Let me read it again. Verse um, 15 says that, but like the one who called you, like the Holy One who called you, be ye, uh, uh, sorry, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, manner of life, way of life, conversation is very important. All right, so be holy in your conversation, in your behavior. The when you look at the amplified verse eighteen again. Um, did I actually read 18 in this one? The verse 18, I didn't. Knowing that you were not redeemed from your perishable, from, yeah, from, from, uh, from, uh, with perishable things like silver and gold, from your future living. The amplifies, uh, amplifies is that you, you, you must know, recognize that you were redeemed, ransomed from the useless, fruitless. This is very important. It was a useless and a fruitless way of living um, inherited by tradition from your forefathers, not with corruptible things. So you were redeemed from uh, useless and fruitless, useless, fruitless way of living. It's a way of living that is useless and fruitless. That's what we are focusing on today. So uh, we are redeemed First of all, let's talk about redeem. What does it mean to uh, redeem? Redeem To redeem means to free from bondage or slave by paying a price. So you free something from being held up from bondage, from slaves, from slavery, by paying a price. And he said, we are redeemed. So a price was paid for our redemption. Romans chapter 3, verse 24, talking about we obtain redemption with being justified through the redemption that is in his blood. So the blood is what brought us the redemption. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, he says that for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free. So we have been set free, actually. Previously, we were not free, but we have been set free, have been redeemed. Redeems mean to be redeemed means to be set free. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, talking about in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, the same thing. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Titus chapter 2, verse 14 says that, who gave himself, that's Jesus, for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous for good work. So he gave himself to redeem us from all iniquity, all iniquity. So he gave himself to redeem us. So we have been redeemed. Colossians, Galatians 3, that is that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So he redeemed us from the curse of the law. We, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Let me read it. Um, that in Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord being made of the Lord being made a curse for us. So we have been redeemed. We have been redeemed. Redeemed means to be bought. In fact, in Matthew chapter twenty, verse twenty-eight, Jesus told them um, that He, the Son of Man, came to give Himself as a ransom. The same word, okay, same variant of the word ransom, redeem. For instance, when someone you know, when you read, you hear the news or read the news and someone has been hijacked or kidnapped, particularly kidnapped, 
to free the person, the kidnappers require a ransom. So you have to pay a ransom to let them go. That's what it is. So um, a ransom. Christ came to, in Mark chapter 10 verse 45, says that he did not come to be saved, but he came to give himself as a ransom. So he came so he can be a ransom for you and I to be free. Hallelujah. He gave himself as a ransom. The, the Greek word for um, redeem, which is similar to the ransom one, ransom one is to uh, lutro. So he came to lutro us, redeem us. We have been lutro. We have been redeemed. Hallelujah. It's a glorious thing. So very importantly, I want us to first of all understand that we have been redeemed. But it is not enough to be redeemed as a Christian or be regenerated. Okay, as we, we saw in chapter 1, uh, in verse 3, how he has given birth, he has born us again. All right, how he has, he, uh, God, who has begotten us again unto a lively hope. So we have been regenerated unto it. It's not enough to be redeemed, neither is it enough to be regenerated. We are redeemed and regenerated. So God redeemed us. Christ came to pay the price to redeem us. All right. So the price was paid for us to be redeemed. A ransom was given. Who would have thought that a lamb should ransom the souls of men? So we have been ransomed, okay, for from the powers of the enemy. But watch this. It's not enough to be redeemed as a Christian. It's necessary to understand that we need to live according to the godly purpose, the heavenly reason, the heavenly purpose. All right. And in order to do that, we need, watch this, it, let me repeat it. It's not enough to be, a, to be redeemed as a Christian and it's not enough to be regenerated or to be begotten again. It's not enough. It's good. It's amazing. But that's not all. That's not all. It is necessary to live after you have been redeemed, to live for the purpose of God, the divine purpose, the heavenly purpose. And to be able to do that, we need something else. You need something else to do that. That's where I'm going. They're very important. Now look at verse 18 again. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. He says that, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. When you read, I think, in Zechariah chapter, chapter 1, verse 18, he says that, neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them from the day of the Lord's wrath, but the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. So it is not money that you have got. The material things can deliver you from the judgment that when it's time for God to bring judgment. All right. it, it, it doesn't do that at all. And in Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 8, chapter 7, verse 19, it says that um, they shall cast their silver in the streets and their gold shall be uh, shall be removed their silver and their gold shall not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of god they shall not satisfy their souls neither uh, neither fill their bowels because it is a stumbling block of their iniquity when we commit sin it's not money silver and gold are the highest they use to pay, I mean, silver and gold stand for the highest material, physical commodity, precious commodity you can use to pay anything, to pay. So he says that, but our lives cannot, or could not be paid 
by something that just has monetary value. Silver and gold had the highest monetary value. And he says that it doesn't take things with monetary value to redeem us. All right. So it's very important to understand that here he said you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from watch. What were you redeemed from a vain conversation? So may I submit to you a few things that Bible uh, teaches us when it comes to our redemption. The blood redeems us, the blood of Jesus. It redeems us from our sins. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Redemption, in whom we have the redemption through the uh, uh, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So, redemption through his blood. We have forgiveness of sins. So, we have been redeemed from our sins. It's very important to understand that. We have been redeemed, Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, as I said earlier on. We have been redeemed from our sins. But not only have we been redeemed from sins, we have been redeemed from sins, but also... Hebrew, according to Hebrew chapter 9, verse 15, for this cause, he is the mediator of the new covenant that by means of death, for the redemption of what transgressions that were under the, the under the first testament. So we we have been, the blood, the, the redemption or the blood redeems or we have been redeemed from sins, redemption from sins and redemptions from transgressions and not only transgressions also redemption from lawlessness titus chapter 2 verse 14 or some other translations we use iniquity which is lawlessness okay other translations use lawlessness let me see how the um amplified puts it titus chapter 2 verse 14 who gave himself on our behalf that he might redeem us or purchase us, uh, purchase our freedom from all iniquity, purifying, purifying for himself a peculiar people. So amplified also uses from all iniquity. Let me see how the um, New American Standard renders it. He gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed. Okay, lawless deed. So you see. He redeemed us from sin, from transgression, from lawlessness. And then we saw in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, he redeemed us also, watch this, four things I've mentioned so far. Number one, from sin. Number two, from transgressions. Number three, from lawlessness. Number four, from the, the curse of the law. But one thing that has not been taught in church that I want to draw your attention to, from this text, he didn't redeem us only from sin, from transgression, from lawlessness, and from curse of the law. He also, watch this, he also redeemed us from our vain conversations, our vain, aimless, useless life, way of life. <laughs> That's a very powerful one I'm talking about. Christ redeemed us from useless our useless way of life that was handed down to us by virtue of our descendancy or by virtue of our lineage by virtue from our forefathers there's a useless life a vain life when you see when you see the word vain vain is vanity in romans chapter um, 1 verse 21 it talks about how they are vain they are vain imaginations okay imagination became vain of vain thinking, given unto vanity. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, it talks about in the futility, vanity of their minds. 
the unbelievers, people who don't have the life of God, people who don't have Christ, they live in the vanity of their mind, the vainness. Please, it is not talking about immoral behavior. This is not, vanity is not necessarily immoral behavior. Vain here, vain here, vain life here does not necessarily mean immorality. It mentions vanity again in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. It talks about vanity, vanity, all these vanities. We have been redeemed from, watch this, not from vanity, but vain conversation, vain way of life. As I said earlier on, when you see the word, anytime you see conversation, there it means a way of life, a way of life. So there are quite a few places that you will see conversation, 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 conversation. It talks about vain. Now, anytime God is dealing with gods or um, um, the pagans, gods, and other gods. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter two, verse five, and uh, that uh, they are vain. These gods are vain. They are useless. They don't do anything. In Acts chapter fourteen, verse fifteen, it says, "Turn from these dumb." He uses the word in King James, "dumb idols." They are dumb. They are dumb. They are dumb. Dumb idols, vain idols to serve the living God. Tend to serve the living God. So vain idols, dumb idols. So vain. God delivered us from, Christ died to deliver us from vain lifestyle, vain way of living, useless way of living. And it doesn't mean, you see, you, you can be, that's the problem. That's the problem. You can be born again and still be living a vain life. Now, let me take my time to talk about this. So who is writing this letter? It's Peter. Peter understood exactly what he was talking about. Because Peter was a man who didn't live for the purpose of God. He said, Jesus, I'll follow you. He could he denied Jesus when he needed to follow to the end. He denied Jesus. He denied Jesus. Instead of following Jesus to the end, he said, I swear, I don't know him. I swear, I swear. He started cursing and swearing. Why are you telling me about Jesus? I don't know him. And Jesus gave him a convicting look. Oh, Peter. Oh, Peter. He knew. And guess what? Jesus went to the cross and died to cover him for his sins, to save him for his sins. Hallelujah. So Peter has been saved. He's been forgiven. He's been delivered. He's been redeemed. But he wrote to us and, he, and it began, he, wrote, he writes to us and tells us that I understand what it means to be for your failure. He, 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 uh, had, let me, he had a very good estimation of his level of failure. Peter. Peter knew. He, he had a good understanding. He had a good uh, estimation of his failure. He realized the nature of his failure. He was a failure. When he, he was making noise, I will follow you to death. Luke chapter 22, verse 34. That was, even if everybody forsakes you, I will follow you to death. I will follow you to prison. He was bragging. See, Peter, 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 Peter. But he wasn't, most of us are like Peter. We are all like Peter. We all have the Peter status. The Simeonic status. Where we turn our backs against God. There are times that we are not able to take a stand for him the way we should. We are not able to follow him where, how far we should go. When he gets to some places of inconvenience, we say, okay, 
um, I think we will, we, will, we will catch up. So when it came to when it comes to the purpose of God, there was some level of vanity in our life. God can use us for some things because we have been held back from giving fully, giving everything up fully to fulfill his purpose, to fulfill his agenda, to live that holy life that brings him honor, that brings him glory. There is a purpose for our redemption. And until we are delivered, until we are redeemed from vanity, we are redeemed from that, that thing that holds up. Ah, that's what I'm talking about. Our the, the fourth, fifth thing we have been redeemed from is redeemed from vain way of life. That way of life that doesn't produce the purpose of God. Yes, it doesn't mean immoral behavior. You can be behaving morally. You can be behaving well. You can be achieving a lot in life. And yet it's a vain life. It's a vain life. What you are doing, in what way does it impact eternity in your interest? It's corruptible. It fades away. It's corruptible. It fades away. It will perish. These things will perish. Whatever we have on earth, one day it will be no more. It is how we have lived for God's purpose. That is what we can say. It is not a vain life. When you live for God's purpose, the way you've been able to live for the purpose of God. And I'll show you, he wrote to us to show us the purpose we have been called to live for. It starts with the holiness. Live a certain life that brings honor to God. There is an agenda. So watch this. Let's, let's make some comparison here. Verse 18 again. For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by, uh, by tradition from your fathers. See, vain conversation. Vain conversation. Look at verse um, Verse 15. But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Did you see that? So conversation, lifestyle. Now you can you you can compare. It's talking verse. It's like holy lifestyle versus vain lifestyle. We have been called to live a holy lifestyle, uh, to, a, a, a whole, to have a holy way of living, a dedicated way of living, a lifestyle, a living which fulfills the purpose of God, a living that is dedicated to the things of God, and nothing holds us back, a living that fulfills the agenda of God for our lives in this time. And in order to be able to uh, fulfill the purpose, live that purpose, we need to be redeemed by Something. We need the preciousness of the blood to redeem us. So the preciousness of the blood. This is very important, brothers and sisters. The preciousness of the blood of Jesus redeems us from not only from sin, not only from uh, transgressions, not only from uh, lawlessness, not only from uh, the curse of the law, but it also redeems us from vain lifestyles, vain way of living. Vain way of living. The precious blood. Hallelujah. The, hallelujah. The precious blood redeems us and, and delivers us from that hold. Something, brother, my sister, you can be born again and still be denying Christ. You can be, yes, you can be born again and never fulfill the purpose of God, the purpose of Christ. Some people ask, well, so what's my purpose in God? It's not about uh, I have to be a preacher. It's not about I have to be uh, a singer. It's not about I have to be able to raise my children. All those things are good. But when we talk about the purpose of God, fundamental purpose of God is to carry, I'll show you, it talks about it in the uh, succeeding, uh, su su sorry, succeeding verses. 
It talks about in into chapter two. It talks about what we are we are meant to be doing. We are meant to be um, um, uh, enjoying the Lord. We are meant to be walking in love towards one another. Enjoy enjoying the Lord, growing in the Lord, growing in the divine life, or growing in the uh, in in our salvation and be, being. Precious stones being stones build being built together for a holy habitation of God, so that of Him who has called us out of darkness to His, his glorious, marvelous light, that we will be unto praise and glory to Him. There is a purpose. There is a purpose. So it's not enough to be redeemed. It's not enough to be regenerated. You have to live according to. You have to live the purpose of God. Else you'll be regenerated in vain. You'll be regenerated and still having the vain life. Having a vain. And now when you live a vain life, when you die, you won't have any reward from Christ. There's no reward waiting for you. Because you are you are useless. You are, you are vain. So we have to be delivered from our vain way of living, our vain approach to life. Uh, some people, all they are doing is just your career, 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 career. I need to do this. Achievement, 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 achievement. You have to make sure that it's not just vain pursuit. It might be meaningful. It might be meaningful. And certainly much of it is meaningful on this earth. Because on earth, there are things you have to achieve. It's good. I'm not saying let's abdicate that or let's move away from that. No, that's not what I'm saying. We have to fulfill our assignment. We have to fulfill the things that we can do on earth. For instance, if you're a parent, take good care of your children. If you're a wife, make sure you're mar- you are giving attention to maintaining a good marriage. If you're a husband, maintain your, your marriage. If you're a pastor, doing the church work to make sure the people are taking care of any assignment. Any, anything you are doing, if you're a student, making sure you are diligent with your books. If you're employed, making sure that you are working well for pro- promotion, if you are a business owner, making sure you are putting in a lot of diligence to build your business. These are natural things that are very important, but they are all in the category of silver and gold, material things. They have monetary value. It is good. You can do things that will bring you monetary value. You can train your children very well to be able to be great people in life. That's beautiful. It's amazing. But that in in itself might be vain. That in itself might be vain. To not to be able not to live a vain life or a useless life or a fruitless life means to do what God what brings the reward of God on your life and reserves a reward for you in heaven what brings the reward anything that ends up building what God is building doing what God is doing what does God want you to do what does God want you to do it's so important my brothers and sisters so we have to watch out against vain living then he says that you have not been delivered or redeemed by silver and gold from your vain conversation that means you need to be delivered from your vain way of living but by what so what does it take to deliver us with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish oh and without spots it says a lot it's so much here let me see if I can unpack them one after that so let's talk about the lamb in Exodus chapter 12 verse 5 God said bring a lamb and make sure the lamb is is uh, let me read it in the book of Exodus chapter 12 verse Verse 3 says, says speak, to, speak unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth month of this, in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every, every man a lamb, according to the household. Then verse 5 says that the lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it, you shall take it out 
from the sheep um, and from the goat. So it's, it's the lamb must be without blemish. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He, he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. Jesus is the lamb. So in the Exodus, they needed a lamb because the, God needed the blood of the lamb to cover their sin. Now watch this. The, another word for covering of sin, the biblical word is um, uh, remission, to remove the sin or to, to, all right, let me use the word atonement. It's atonement to cover sins. So they were practicing atonement to cover sins. Sometimes they call it remission, but re in effect, remission is to remove. The blood and goats could not remove. So it took the blood of Jesus to come and remove sins. But the blood of goats were covering sins. So it called, it's called atonement. They used to cover the sins. So what the lambs were doing in the olden days, they were just foreshadowing what the original lamb of God. That is why Jesus is the lamb. He's the lamb for our redemption so that his blood can do the redemptive work. So watch this. In John chapter 1 verse 29, it says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth. Remember? In John chapter 1 verse 36, the same thing. The, the, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And then in Revelation chapter 5, I know Revelation, it says, I turned and I saw a Lamb. Revelation chapter 5 um, verse 6, it said, When I turned, I saw a Lamb. I saw a lamb. He told me that, John, don't cry, for the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. And when I saw, I turned, I saw a lamb as though it has just been slain. It was bleeding. And in verse 13, he said, the lamb that was slain. So he is the lamb. Christ is the lamb. He has always been the lamb and he remains the lamb. Hallelujah. Praise God for the lamb. Now watch this. He says that we were, let me go back. We, are, we have been redeemed by the precious blood of of the lamb uh, uh, of Christ as a lamb without blemish. Now, the without blemish in Leviticus chapter 4, it talks about how everybody should bring uh, verse 3. Leviticus chapter 4, verse 3. It says that if the priest that is anointed do sin according to the sin of the people, then let him bring for his sin, which uh, he has sinned, a young bullock without blemish unto the Lord, for a sin offering. Chapter 6, verse 6. It says, And he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord, a ram without blemish, out of the stock. Now, the without blemish is so important. That means it's, it doesn't have fault. When, when he says that we are not delivered by silver and gold, any time you take a precious metal or precious jewelry or something, which has been refined or something, there are times that when it's very is examined critically, there are times when maybe there's one foreign element in it, something tiny, under the uh, observing glass, of the observing glasses or observing eye, they may notice that oh, oh there's one blemish there, so it can reduce its value. It's good, it's nice, but there's a blemish on it. It's like a wedding dress, and there's a small door. Sometimes store rejects. Dresses, nice dress, nice clothing, but there's something small inside or a mark inside. So it's a blemish. And it says the lamb must not have blemish. In Leviticus chapter 
22 from verse 20 to 25 he says that examine it don't bring a lamb with one eye broken or a sick a sick animal one with one leg gone one with a defect defect in his test testicles he uses that he said there's a problem with his testicles don't bring it as an offering to a special uh, sin offering for god god would not accept it he rejected so god was particular about what kind of gifts or animal they brought and bible says now christ also was lamb without blemish you remember how he was examined by the uh, religious leaders and the politicians so they brought him before religious leaders and when the sahindrin they examined him critically they didn't find any fault in him so they said no the, our lord we haven't seen something that will give us the right to deal with him in that way so they had to take him to the politicians religious leaders couldn't condemn him politicians the politician pancho Pontius Pilate. In John chapter 18, verse 36, John chapter 19, verse 4, Luke chapter 23, verse 4, Luke chapter 23, verse 14, Luke chapter 23, verse, verse 22. Bible says, in fact, verse 22 says that for the third time he's examined and said, I find no fault in him. He kept telling them, John chapter 18, 38, I find no fault in him. John 19, 4, I find no fault in him. Luke, Luke 23, 4, I find no fault in him. Luke 23, uh, 14, I find no fault in him. Luke 23, 22, I find no fault. They, I've examined the guy. I just no fault in him. Jesus was blameless. He was faultless. Hallelujah. Bible said he was tempted at all points just like us, yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. He was faultless. Our Christ is faultless. Our Christ in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 26 and 27. I think I would like to read that one. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 26 and 27. Hallelujah. Thank God for our our, our redeeming love. For, for such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens. He is harmless, holy, undefiled. Oh, hallelujah. This is getting exciting. Let me read from the New King James. Such a high priest, such a high priest is become us. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. See, you can add him to the category of sinners. God is faultless. He's sinless. Hallelujah. Who is uh, separate from, from sinners and has become higher than the heavens. Think about that alone. He's become higher than the heavens. But let's leave that. Who does not need daily as those high priests to offer sacrifices first for his own sin? Why? Well, he didn't have some. So he didn't need it. He didn't need special sacrifice for his own sin. Because our, our lamb, the lamb that was slain for our redemption is faultless. He said without blemish. He was, he, he was without blemish. He is clean. And so he says that we have been redeemed from vain conversation, useless way of life, vain way of life, unproductive to God way of life, not to man, but to God. You can be very productive to people, but to God you are useless. You are useless, fruitless to God. So he says that uh, 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 he delivered us or he has redeemed us from our fruitless way of life by not by silver and gold uh, they are corruptible but by not what has monetary value but it's what has organic value 
It's an organic value. Now we needed something that has organic value, no monetary value to deliver us. Because the lamb, the lamb has organic value. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> the lamb of God has organic value, not monetary value. Silver and gold has monetary value. But where we are and in our sins, monetary value can't do it. According to the scriptures I read earlier in Zechariah chapter 1 verse 18 in Ezekiel chapter 8 chapter 7 verse 19 it won't do it it will take something more than silver and gold it has to be something that has organic value and not just organic value remember when you look at look at the verse he said for we have been redeemed by the precious but by verse 19 by the precious blood precious he used the word precious why precious because there are there no other bloods even human blood yes his blood is precious than any human blood why because god himself has added himself to christ so he's the blood of god in in um acts chapter 20 verse 28 take it to yourself and to the flock over which the holy spirit has made you uh, overseers to shepherd the, the, the church of God, which he purchased, watch this, God, the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So God purchased the church with his own blood. Has God got God, God blood? Yes. If God has got blood, you must know that it's a very precious blood. Hallelujah. And we are redeemed. How do we get redeemed? How do we get redeemed to be able to live a, 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 a life of purpose to the glory of God by applying the preciousness of the blood. Is the preciousness of the blood, the preciousness turning to the preciousness of the blood. Peter said, I failed and I was forgiven. But after being forgiven, that's not enough. I need to be delivered from my own way of doing things. I need to be delivered, redeemed from my own uh, mindset, from my own direction of life. I need to be delivered. I need to move away from me, 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 my own way and get into God's purpose, plug into God's purpose so that even if it has to be uh, to death, I'll say, Jesus, yes, I won't deny you. You might be born again, but busily deny Jesus, denying Jesus. You might be in church, but busily useless unto God. You might be in church, but busily fruitless, exceptionally fruitless to God. He said he will come. When he's coming, everyone will stand before the judgment seat of God. He said everyone should take it. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 10 he said I as master have you received grace as a master builder I've laid the foundation verse 11 for no other foundation can any man lay down that which is there which is Jesus Christ verse 12 said, let each one take verse 11 let one take heed how he builds let him he says that for um, you can if you build with gold silver precious stone wood hay straw gold silver precious stone he would hay straw gold silver precious stone he said everybody's work will be tested by fire and he says that some it will be burnt by fire and if your work survives if your work does not survive you will suffer loss what are you building that is useless that will not survive the times what are you building you have been born again but you are just in church and ah oh, it was good church. i enjoyed the service oh it's amazing it's amazing we have this generation has a lot of people who are so narcissistic and unfortunately when we are born again it looks like some of the messages are not helping paving the way for the precious blood of the lamb to deliver us from the narcissistic vain selfish self-centered individualistic isolated lifestyle way of life 
It might, you, you might not be ba- a bad person, but are you a fruitful person so long as God's purpose for the, your times and these times concern? Hallelujah. So he says, for we have been redeemed by the precious blood of the lamb. It takes the blood. When you read, there are so, I think, let me just add this. Hebrews chapter um, 9 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. It talks about how neither by the, the blood of goats and calf, but by his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For it, if the blood of bulls and of goats and ashes of and high fast sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot, do you see that, without spot unto God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who offered himself without spot. So he is the precious blood. Let me read it again. For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed without corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the, the but with the precious blood of, of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained, foreordained, God has appointed him way ahead of time before the foundation of the world, but was manifested. It manifested within time. You remember how First John in his epistle, First John chapter three, verse five and verse eight, he said, "For this reason, the Son of God was manifested. He was manifested in these last times." Now, when you see the word, the phrase, uh, la- "these last times," what are the last times? The last times of the Old Testament. Okay, and so the end, towards the end of the Old Testament, Christ was manifested, like Hebrew chapter. Chapter 1, verse 2, talks about how God in sundry times, in past times, spoke to our fathers by the prophets through various ways, has in these days, in these last days, in these last days, spoken to us by the Son. So he's talking about when Christ appeared. So those last days is not the end times. It's talking about the last days of the Old Testament. Okay, so has been manifested in these last times for you. Who? Oh, boy. We okay, who verily was foreordained before the foundation? Remember Ephesians chapter one, verse four talks about how before the foundation of the of the earth, um the, the, the we have been chosen before the foundation. In the same way, this lamb was slain before the foundation. He was ordained, he was foreordained before the foundation of the world in Romans chapter 8, verse 29 said, For those he foreknew, when you use some, use some tra- translation, he doesn't even use for or then uses foreknown. God foreknew Jesus, he had purpose that Jesus was going to come and die. In Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, he says that those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life that was slain from the foundation of the world. And in John chapter 17, verse 24, Jesus said that, glorify me, uh, 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 these ones, I'm bringing them into the glory I had with you before the world began. The glory, my, that glory that I had with you before the world began. He had always been around and God, eternal God, planned that Jesus will come in time to redeem us from our sins, from lawlessness, from uh, transgressions, from the curse of the law and from vain way of life to redeem us with his precious blood. 
there is a blood of a lamb without blemish and a lamb without spot. A lamb undefiled. Hallelujah. He was, he was preordained beforehand, before time, and now has manifested in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26. The Bible says that for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, you see, end of the world is talking about the last days of the last one I mentioned, end of the Old Testament days. In the end of the world has appeared to put away sin by the, the sacrifice of himself. So he appeared, he has been manifested to put away sin, to redeem us from our sins, and not only our sins. Today, one of the things I want you to remember, we have been redeemed from our vain way of life. We have been redeemed. So it's not enough to be uh, uh, just redeemed as a Christian or regenerated as a Christian. We have to live according to God's purpose. In order to live according to God's purpose, we need the preciousness of the blood. We need the preciousness of the blood that delivers us, that redeems us from the vain way of living, the vain way of living, a vain conversation in the mighty name of Jesus. So in conclusion, he has saved us. He called us. He redeemed us. He regenerated us. But after all the big things he has done, he also now, watch this, redeems us from our vain conversation so that we might be able. He redeems us from our vain conversation so we will be able to live that holy life to his glory and be his agents to produce glory to his name. His agents to produce glory to his name. So you, the reason why we can live a holy life is because that we have been redeemed from vain living. So we can live holy. So vain conversation to holy conversation. When you look at the scripture, you will see First Peter chapter 3, verse 1 talks about your manner of life. Verse 2, your manner of life. Verse 16, your manner of life is there. Talks different, different places. Our conversation. It's sometimes King James uses the conversation. It's our manner of life. That is so important, the way we live. And don't say, I'm born again. That's it. No, you are, born, you are born again to live for God. You are born again to live for God. You are born again to be fruitful unto God. You are born again to produce fruit and live for God's purpose. That's why, and that is what is going to judge us on and reward us for in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that God will give us all grace to live for his purpose, to live for his purpose and not be held back and not be held back held back from living for his purpose and not be caught up by fruitless living and live a life that does not fulfill God's purpose, not to be distracted. We are born again, but we can always be distracted into living a fruitless life. I pray that God will help all of us in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody who believes, shout amen. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.